<laughs> Listen, I'm not in a I'm not in a super super play music mood today, but we're gonna get into some shit. It's time to be a little vulnerable, y'all. Just a little. <laughs> I've been feeling it coming. This is the mood I'm in. He's been in it, sovereign. The moon is in cancer right now. It's fucking with me. <laughs> I'm super emotional. It's really ridiculous. You've been committed. Me too. Even when we didn't see the truth. Hey, shout out to everybody who can actually feel when, when shit ain't right in the, in the ether. Guess we never really down with our problems. Sometimes you just gotta feel shit. Gotta go through everything, top to bottom. Oh, oh, Take inventory. Especially if there's something left for each other. Yes, Diva Boo. Yes, honey. <laughs> I got one more for the intro. One more for the intro. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> my jam by 11-11 all year. Oh, my God. What the? If you're not up on 11-11, I really just, I don't really know. I don't call it cuffing. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't. <laughs> I just call it loving. Yeah. We don't break up in the summer. I just want to play a little song for y'all. Before we get into the pod, episode 20. You know I had to slow it down. <laughs> episode 20, okay? Um, first of all, let's get let's get into the shout outs. 
Shout out to the girls, the gays, the days, and everybody in between, okay? The straights, the bi's, uh, the two-spirited people. Like, uh, we are uh, all-inclusive here at the Anything About Everything podcast. Shout out to the listeners in the various markets, especially my fam out, uh, out in Atlanta, Georgia, down in Miami, Florida, Houston, Texas, baby. You know what you know what it is. And also, I I, I saw some uh, some new markets popping up. Brooklyn, New York. Hey, I see you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Shout out to the listeners abroad. I really appreciate y'all, especially Belgium. I don't know who is listening in Belgium, but listen, I love you. Okay, because <laughs> I see you pop up every week. Okay. But I really do love you. Also, shout out to the listener and um, uh, listeners, excuse me, in Indonesia. Really, really do appreciate you. So, um, with without further ado, let me remind you, uh, you know, to go ahead and follow us on IG at the Anything About Everything podcast or any, eh, Anything About Everything pod on IG. Okay. Also. If you are a frequent listener of this podcast, be sure to share it with somebody else so that way they can get their life too, okay? Now, I know I discussed some pretty um, diverse, that's the word we'll use, diverse topics on the podcast, but hey, just let them know, hey, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. This is a safe space, even though I'll be talking about, you know, I talk about everything from music to pop culture to politics to sex to anything um, that's what we're here for. Okay. So be sure to share the podcast. So that way, you know, people can get their lives. Anyways, moving on to the drink of the podcast. Listen, we're in, uh, we're in one of those moods. So we have a scoreberry daiquiri here. All right. With, uh, an extra shot of Don Julio. Oof, it's giving. Okay. It's, <laughs> it's giving what it's supposed to give, honey. So, um, I don't know. If, you know, I, I know a lot of people talk shit about, about daiquiris because they're like the uh, baby drinks of, you know, the alcoholic world. However, they're quite yummy. So, you know what? Shut up. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Let people get their lives to a, li- a nice little strawberry daiquiri situation. Um, this past weekend, I was in New Orleans and there were frozen drinks aplenty. And let me tell you something. I had something called liquid crack. And fucked me up. And, and I should have known because my homie, my homie called me while I was down there. Uh, my gay husband, shout out to Brian. Hi, Brian. Love you. Um, he called me and he was like, girl, be careful. <laughs> like He's like, you know, if I'm telling you to be careful because this is somebody who is, I have drank with plenty of night. Okay. And who, this is somebody who has put me in a pair of Navy sweats and, and g- given me some, uh, a leave and cleaned up my, my, my vomit when I was in my twenties. And I didn't know what what the hell I was doing. So with that being said, Brian knows my, my limitations and my capabilities. And he's like, listen, um, girl, I'm just going to need you to be careful. <laughs> okay. So I was like, okay, I promise. I only had one. And it was, it was a strong one. That's all I have to say. So don't sleep on the frozen drinks. Okay. Uh, next thing you know, you'd be falling asleep. <laughs> so. All right, with that being said, let's move right along to the songs of the podcast. I I was I'm in a I'm in a really like I've been I'm feeling 80s right now. I'm feeling New Jack Swing right now. 
So with that being said, we're just, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going to play a few bops from days past. And then one from, you know, an album that just came out today or not today, but Friday. So the first song of the pod is Christopher Williams with Dreamin'. Okay. So just a bop. A bop. I miss this time in music. Skin nigga appreciation day okay here at the podcast i don't know well you know what looking at the songs this really is light skin nigga appreciation day i don't know how that happened but it happened on accident but we're gonna get go ahead and get into the next one uh the next song of the pod is i'll be sure with night and day this this song this song right here nobody cared that he had a unibrow okay nobody cared everybody wanted him everybody <laughs> Terrible jeans on. God, we used to dress terrible back in the day. Mm. I'm just saying. I don't know how many times I taped this song when it used to come on on the radio. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! dawned on me that Christopher Williams is actually the cuter version of I'll Be Sure. That just, it just happened. Right now. Christopher Williams is I'll Be Sure without the unibrow. Literally. Look at, look him up, you'll see. Uh, I'll Be Sure. 
course, she'll, he's still fine too. Go ahead. He got. He actually got better. He aged like fine wine. And my hair, because occasionally I do wear my hair out. But, you know, I don't like my hair in the elements because, you know, we are trying to protect her. Okay? Uh, moving on to the last song of the pod, the official last song of the pod. Um, I mean, this next woman, I had to throw a woman in here because, because I just wanted to. And she's one of my favorite artists of all time. My cousin's middle name is actually uh, after her. Oh, my God. Listen, Sade. If you don't like Sade, something's just wrong with your ears. I, that's how I feel anyway, because what a tone, what a band, what a sound, and what a song, okay? I mean, what a classic. A straight up fucking classic. This was on every Quiet Storms playlist, okay? It just was. I know some of y'all babies don't know what's going on right now. Yes. <laughs> Just move your shoulders. Just move your shoulders. Okay, um, if you have not, you know, gotten into her because she is an older artist, just like Christopher Williams and and I'll be sure. But Sade got a fucking catalog. If we I mean, like, let's be clear. She's got hits on hits on hits. And I mean, I would just, uh, uh, you know, admonish you to get into her um, greatest hits album. It's it's literally no skips. It's it's a beautiful ass album. 
So um, with that being said, we're going to continue on with Light Skin Nigga Appreciation Day. It was an accidental appreciation day, but we're gonna we're just going to go ahead and go along with it. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is the possible. Okay. J. Cole just came out with his latest project, and I must say it is a doozy. Okay. Um, I will say this, though. To me... And I, this is not me shitting on J. Cole. This is just my opinion. J. Cole still has yet, even with this album, to put out a classic album. And to me, that's what separates Kendrick from, from, from Kendrick and Drake from, from J. Cole. Don't get me wrong. Incredibly talented artist. I love, I, I do like the project. I'm not in love with it. I don't know how many times I'll go back to it. But, um, yeah, to me, he still hasn't, I, I, I haven't gotten that feeling. Like when, when Kendrick put out, um, be humble or humble, excuse me. I know exactly where I was standing when I first heard that song to me, you know, J Cole just hasn't done that for me. And you know what? Music is subjective. There are some people where he hits like that for, but regardless the album was still a great body of work and we're still going to fucking play a little bit from it anyway. So, you know, fuck what the fuck I'm saying. He still got a hundred M's and the song that he's basically shitting on all the critics like myself. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play it because you know, <laughs> I'm fair. <laughs> How about that? But this is hip hop though. Real shit. I ain't even going to hold you. Give me an old sample like this and bars any day. Any day. I come in again to his prime, still getting better after all this time. I do have some critique. Only thing I see I'm killing his time. One hundred million, I'm still on the grind. One hundred million, I'm still on the grind. Talk your shit, Cole. Never pet a rock, never said a lot. Only what need to be said. Got a little guap when you get a lot. Hold up, bitch, you on red. Don't push me, nigga, my feet on the ledge. This game is like follow the leader. If you listen closely enough, then you'll see that I live. The moves that I made, the people yes. I fed, the evil I duck. They might just too feeble, they lean on their crutch. I'm bleeding for fighting my demons head up. When He's I get defeated, believe I get up. I come from a city, more niggas ain't heard of until they popped in my first CD. Now look, I'm on hey. the rush, more you niggas can't front no more, bitch. I'm a rain until FEMA show up. But I got a real life freedom, my duck. Me and Jay fell out my cup, then bullets fly by that shit, sober you up. I'm proud of my niggas, they never switched up. Don't care if it's Michael yeah. B. Jordan that's calling my woman the fuck, she ain't gonna never pick up. Sadly, I can't say the same for you niggas. A couple of dollars be changing you niggas, I pray for a you niggas. A couple of dollars How come be changing you niggas. Still getting better after all this time. These niggas say that they killers, they lying. Only thing I see a killing is time. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 100 million, I'm still on the grind. 100 million, I'm still on the That was J. Cole featuring Boss. Listen. Um, I must say that's one of my uh, more that's one of the songs I, I like the best out of all the songs that were on the album. The album, to me, no skips. 
Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if people are, are calling it a classic already, but uh, still awesome. Still an awesome album. Um, to me, the only, my only critique is I feel like a lot of the stuff that was on there, I've heard it before. Okay. Um, and that, I mean, he had some amazing producers on there and some amazing artists on there with him, but that to me, there was just nothing that was, you know, that was new. That was the sound. The sound was very reminiscent of what we've already heard. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But for me, if it's going to be a classic, it's got to be, it's got to be something that's, you know, that's new. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, <laughs> uh with that being said, we are just going to go ahead and move on. Um, you know, to the shit from the shade room. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back <laughs> to, uh, the anything about everything podcast. Listen, we are here. I didn't even go through my, uh, my AKAs. It's okay. It's okay. Y'all will get it next week. <laughs> AKA, uh, emo. I'm emo as fuck this week. So that's, that's where we are. Uh, <laughs> Oh, but anyways, I am your host, Miss Jet, if you didn't know. If you didn't know, but I'm sure you did, but it's fine. So, uh, beginning with, um, in the shit from the shade room, even though I don't even know if I saw this on the shade room, but it's all good. You know, the 20, the class of 2020, uh, NBA Hall of Fame, uh, class just, was just announced. And, of course, Kobe made it, made the cut as he should have. Um, I'm going to go through the list of inductees. Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, Patrick Bowman, Tamika Catchings, Kim Mulkley, Mulkey, excuse me, Barbara Stevens, Eddie Sutton, and Rudy Tamjanovich. Okay. So congrats to all of the NBA Hall of Fame inductees. Amazing. But a special congrats to Kobe Bryant. May he rest in peace with his beautiful daughter. What a tragic fucking story. This, I mean, 2020 just, it started off trash. I mean, from literally damn near day one. Like, January 3, we were talking about World War Three, <laughs> Like, legit. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't even, I, don't, I, I, I know it was around the time of the Grammys, but I've really tried to put that that date out of my mind when, when, when the tragic accident happened. But, um, I just remember thinking like, no, not, that's not how that's supposed to go. Like, and then for his daughter to die with him, God, um, I, I just can't even imagine. So, um, I just wanted to say, especially, you know, th that one hit home for me because I mean, I'm, I played basketball in, in junior high and high school, basically wanted to be Kobe Bryant damn near. Um, he's one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I grew up in LA. So when he came to LA, he bought like a new energy. I remember when, uh, gosh, who was it? It was like, I forgot. I know his name was Eddie, but there was somebody else that was there who was supposed to be like the new face of the Lakers, but he, he didn't work out. And then Kobe came and it, it just revitalized us. And then all, all of a sudden it was like championship talk again, you know? So Everybody wanted to be like Kobe. Everybody was shooting, <laughs> shooting, uh, balled up, uh, paper balls into the trash can. Talk about Kobe. I mean, it was a whole thing. So, I mean, I still do that <laughs> to be honest with you, but I'm alone in my office. Don't tell anybody. Um, 
so you know when I when I heard the news of that of, of the plane going down, I was just like, wow, you know, this twenty twenty is just coming for our necks, like straight up coming for our necks. And then fucking Corona hit, and then it was just like, okay, bitch. So what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Okay, like we're talking about World War Three, Kobe Bryant died, and then we literally have a whole ass panorama going on. Like what the fuck is happening? So. Uh, it seems that 2021 is trying to do her worst, but we are fighting, bitch. We are not going to let you do it to us, okay? So, um, with that being said, we, uh, Kobe Bryant, we speak your name. Rest in power, King. We love you, you and your beautiful daughter, uh, and 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 the rest of the the other seven people, I believe it was that died. Please do not kill me because I don't remember facts. Sometimes I really should have written that down. But I've, I've really tried to put that whole story out of my head. But for everyone else who was on that on that plane with them, who went down and, and tragically died, rest in peace, okay? Uh, it, it was a senseless death. Um, I really, I don't know why uh, the pilot chose to fly. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I'm not even going to get into it. So I'm not going to place blame on anyone. I just know that people are dead and it's sad. So... With that being said, listen, we're going to move on to the next story. Oh my God. Just more heartbreak. Not real. Well, this is just drama. The rest of this is just drama, drama, drama. Um, so as you know, well, as some of y'all know, I have been a listener of the Joe Budden podcast for the past, what, four years? Um, man. And, and the drama that is going on between Joe, Rory, and Maul, oh my God, I just cannot take it. It's it's too much. It's team too much. So, but I, I will say this. I've always kind of thought that there was a, a little rift in between uh, the three of them. Because I remember back in, I want to say it was like 2018. And you know how people be joking, but they be telling the truth. In 2018, during the podcast, Joe mentioned that, you know, Maul and Rory had been going out without him, right? So I always felt like that was kind of weird because I'm like, okay, so Maul been your boy for 15 years. All of a sudden, he's kind of breaking away from you and, you know, going off with a new friend for, for whatever reason. You mentioned it on the podcast. You're giving them little nicknames and shit, calling them the Mixie Boys. And, you know, it just, it, it kind it, it always kind of perked my ears up like, hmm, that's interesting. And then, you know, it, there was some noticeable chemistry changes on the podcast, like noticeable. Maul was less engaged. Like each week he just like became less and less engaged. There were times he was just coming here. I'm like, why is this nigga even here? He clearly don't want to be there for whatever reason. Um, and I'm not saying that, uh, he, that, you know, any of the, the rift that's happening between the three of them is his fault or Rory's fault or even Joe's fault to me in listening into, in listening to the podcasts that have come out between the one where he literally fired, uh, Rory and Maul to the one where he, Joe had his therapist on there to Rory and Maul's response. It just, it seems like a lot of miscommunication. It seems like there are three under three different understandings of 
um, the roles that all three of them play within not only the podcast, but the business behind the podcast and what they are um, uh, entitled to. It seems like Joe doesn't want nobody talking to him about shit. And he's also said that. And other people who work with him, because I do listen to the See The Thing Is podcast as well, which is underneath the, the Joe Button Network. Olivia left for these same fucking reasons. Okay, these exact same reasons. He's hard to talk to. And he needs to acknowledge that. So if you're hard to talk to, okay, if people, if people who are underneath you feel like they can't talk to you, that's like toxic leadership right there. And that needs to be addressed. If you're going to be the leader, okay, um, there, there's a burden there of leadership and just saying, you know, you niggas don't, you, you niggas can't talk to me. I'm an owner. It's not, it's not going to cut it. It's just not, um, you know, not, you can't do that and successfully run an organization. No. So I feel like there should have been some mediation there. Um, early on, they should have discussed exactly what, you know, was in the contracts or what, or what have you discussed how the, how those, um, elements within the contract would be, um, played out or, you know, uh, facilitated, Okay. So if you want to know about accounting, cause it, to me, what Roy and Maul were saying regarding the accounting piece, it made complete, it made complete sense. How are we selling out shows? Um, one, one arena might hold 1500 people. The, the next arena might hold 2000 people. And yet we are getting paid the same each week. It doesn't make sense. You're making it seem like we're on a salary when we're really supposed to be um, splitting a percentage of the profits. If that's indeed what was in the, the, the contract, then, you know, Joe might be in the wrong here in terms of, uh, you know, how he was paying them or how, how the money was getting divvied up. Okay. But regardless of the money, if these two gentlemen felt disrespected and you call them your friends, then, you know, you might want to, you know, you might want to, uh, evaluate how you interact with them because everybody can't be wrong. That's the thing about it. And I, mind you, I'm a fan of Joe button saying this shit. Everybody can't be fucking wrong. Okay. And motherfuckers stay cutting Joe off for whatever reason. Um, Joe to me seems to have narcissistic tendencies. And the thing about narcissistic people is either you get to a point where you're like, okay, you're going to do what you want to do and, you know, you, whatever. Okay, I'm just going to pay it no mind or whatever. Or you have to cut them off. So the fact that he keeps getting cut off, whether it be by, by romantic partners or by friendships or by business partnerships, whatever, there's something amiss there. Now, Joe is very intelligent. He's very charismatic, very entertaining very well-spoken, um, but he also, to me, can come off in, in the interactions that I've seen where he's behind the scenes a bit been, uh, manipulative, which is also like a narcissistic tendency. So there's a lot to unpack there. I wish all of them the best. To me, this is like the end of an era. I hate to see this happen. Like, I really, really hate to see this happen. And Maul was pissed. <laughs> like, if you haven't seen Maul's reaction, 
I don't know if they're if they'll really ever speak again. Like in a whether it be on the podcast or just in general, Maul seems to be like legit done with this nigga. Like and you know, Maul's a Libra. Like, not to take it to astrology, but I'm going to take it there. And Joe's Virgo. And, you know, Virgo, Virgos, especially Virgo men, have a tendency to come outside their fucking neck sometimes. I've I've, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Sometimes the niggas do not want to talk. I'm married to a Virgo, okay? Sometimes this nigga come outside his neck crazy and I have to ask him who the fuck he's talking to. However, um, you know, they're good people, but they can also be, they can also test you, Um uh, they can also test the fuck out of you. And it seems like Maul is just done with the test. He's turned in his pencil and his answer sheet, and he's like, bitch, I'm done. So, uh, ooh, this is going to be a little bit of a long podcast. So, um, if you are, <laughs> I would say this. We can all learn a little something from this situation. If you're somebody who is dealing with a narcissist, um, whether you're married to one or you work with one or you're friends with one, um, there's, there are lessons here. There really are. And like I said before, if you're dealing with a lot narcissist, it's like, it's, it, it's really like you got to pay them no mind and, or, and, or eventually cut them off because they're not going to, they're not going to change. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing about it is most of the time they're not going to change because half of the time what they're doing has worked for them. They don't care necessarily that they're hurting people. That's neither here nor there that that's they're they're more they're more like that's more of a you problem than a me problem so um you know (laughs) you you really got to pick your battles and um you know look and see if you really want this person in your life okay so anyways moving on to the next topic oh portia bitch the ghetto so portia williams on real housewives of atlanta sis sis is engaged which you know kudos for finding love (laughs) kudos to you girl for finding love however we are all side-eyeing the fuck out of you because this looks a hot ass mess and i don't know if you i don't know if you really you know uh entered into a relationship with this man while, you know, he is still married and going through a divorce with his wife and all that kind of stuff and then decided y'all are going to get engaged and all that kind of stuff, or if this is for a storyline. But either way, it looks nuts. So um, Portia's engaged to some African uh, man who the internet so graciously just, you know, they dug up all the receipts. Uh, Portia met him in his wife's house you know, they, they, I mean, he had set up the pool and everything for them. I think her name is Fallon. Um, Fallon or Fallon, one of them. I'm terrible with names. Anywho. But her and Portia, you know, were at the very least associates. And this is just kind of, this is nasty to me. Okay. Now, the reason why, the reason why it's nasty a, because this is vanilla shit. It really is. It's, it's vanilla shit. Let's let's be clear. But I'll say this. Whenever, you know, I, even though I'm a, a highly sexual person, I'm also a highly loyal person to my friends. If you are dating my friend or even my associate, 
you automatically become repulsive to me. <laughs> okay. Like legit fucking repulsive. Like the minute, the, the minute I, I think that you and my friend have chemistry, I'm like, Oh, or whatever. Or if I see you out with this person, I'm just like, oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. So if it's just, this is just nasty to me, girl, Portia, what are you doing, girl? What are you, I mean, I don't know. Portia saw him and saw dollar signs. I really don't know. He's, he's not the, the cutest looking person, but I feel like some people say that money makes a man cuter. I would beg to differ. Okay. I'm sorry. I would beg to differ, but you know, we, oh goodness, Portia, this is, this is look a mess. Like, Everybody looking at their friends like, bitch, you better not dare. Okay. <laughs> so, which you shouldn't look at your friends like that. But I mean, if you have that kind of friend, cause we all know that kind of friend that is like straight up scandalous. Okay. Now you know who your friends are. Some of y'all out there, y'all got friends like that who get no, no, never mind to whose man that is. Uh, whether she, whether the, whether the, the, the girlfriend or wife is in the crew or not, but you know, and if, and, and if you do have a friend like that, you keep your eyes on that bitch because she's not to be trusted. <laughs> so, I'm just saying, like, mm-mm, mm-mm, this is all nasty. We're just going to pray for Portia. Portia, this is this is incurring some bad karmic debt, honey. God don't like ugly, hun. And he's not too secure with pretty. So, watch yourself. <laughs> Moving on to the final topic of the shit from the shade room, even though this was not on the shade room, I just, I had to add it in, um, Republicans. Now this is, this one's for you. This one's for you. Um, I see you. I I do. I see you a lot. And this is for the, the Republicans that are on Capitol Hill specifically, but the ones who are not, who just might happen to listen to this podcast, I really need you to look at what's going on here. Okay. Because there's a lot of gaslighting. Y'all are trying to, uh, you know, pump us full of gas, honey, and it's just not going to work. So three days ago, Congressman Andrew Clyde of Georgia went on, you know, was um, uh, basically giving testimony. And what he said was that the events that took place at on Capitol Hill on January the 6th, was not an insurrection. He literally said that uh, people were walking in an orderly fashion. That it that that the, the events that took place, um, you know, had they weren't out of the ordinary at all. Okay, basically that everybody just blew it out of proportion, and this is legit fucking dangerous because they're asking us to unsee what we've seen. Not even just unseat, just pretend like it never happened. They're asking, they're, they're basically saying, you don't know what the fuck you saw. Regardless of the fact that we literally saw people scaling the fucking fence like Spider-Man. Okay. Literally climbing fences, climbing through windows, trying to break down doors, walking around with fucking flexi cuffs. Okay. Burning police officers who were trying to keep them out of the fucking Capitol building. Like, Stealing podiums and wiping feces on the Capitol walls, you disgusting fucks. No, you want to act like, oh, they were just walking in there all orderly and they were, they were fine. What? 
We saw this. This this had 24-hour coverage. They chronicled this shit on Facebook. Not even just, you know, the opposition. I'm not even talking about liberals. I'm talking about the motherfuckers who were there. Chronicled what the fuck went on. And you gonna sit up there on Capitol Hill talking about uh we uh you know it nothing nothing happened out of the ordinary. It was not an insurrection. It just looked like they were taking a tour. Bitch, what? Okay, I feel like I feel like Winston Duke when he was in fucking uh uh Black Panther. We have watched from the mountains. Like, you know, like we will not have it. <laughs> okay? We will not have it. All. Like that I, that's how I fucking feel. Like we will not have we will not stand for this shit. Meaning, you will not sit up here and gaslight us and tell us that we didn't know we, we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. We didn't see what we saw. Bitch, what? It was all over everywhere. It was literally worldwide news. You couldn't scroll through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. It was everywhere. When you sit up here trying to tell us that the fucking insurrection didn't happen. Bitch, shit, sit down and shut the fuck up forever. Okay? ridiculous Andrew Clyde of Georgia it would be Georgia please do what you have to do vote this motherfucker out I don't know they made it hard for y'all with these voter suppression laws but do what you gotta do because this is this is absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and I really I don't know if somebody got in his ass afterwards but I hope they did because what an insult what an insult to to all of our intelligence they're just like we know you got glasses bitch but you can't see (laughs) like the fuck Oh my God. I just, I can't. I really, I really fucking can't. I really hope that people are taking note. And and then the thing that scares me is that because Joe Biden is so fucking boring, people are not paying attention to what the fuck is going on. They're setting up for 2024. You best believe. Okay. Because it, it starts now with the little lies. Okay. That's when it starts. It doesn't start with the big ones. It starts with the little ones. They start making you question yourself and question your own logic and tell you, oh, no, you didn't see that shit. No, we would never do that. I know I know, we're chipping away at the Constitution just a little bit, you know, just the parts we don't like. You know, we don't give a fuck about, you know, the, the 14th Amendment, but, you know, the second, we got to keep that one around. Oh, man, if y'all don't get this bullshit out of here, talking about, oh, yeah, no, uh, no, January 6th, nothing, nothing happened fucking out of here what <sighs> okay Woosa. i'm sorry <laughs> this is that was not supposed to be the wine about a segment but whatever okay um it needed to be said y'all please go look it up share it let people know that these motherfuckers are straight up trying to tell us that we didn't see what the fuck we saw okay all right with that being said Let's move on to the value-added conversation. If you're enjoying any part of the show, be sure to like, share, subscribe, and download this podcast wherever you enjoy your podcast content. And now let's get back to the show. All right, this is going to be a little weird. (laughs) So this week's value-added conversation is going to be a little therapeutic for me, I guess you could say. Um, this, this week I wanted to talk about the fear of succeeding. I know that sounds ridiculous. Like who would be afraid of succeeding, right? 
but it's a thing. It's a real thing. Um, we always talk about a fear of failure. I don't think I've ever been afraid of failing because I always felt like I could set up, I, I could accomplish whatever it is that I wanted to accomplish. I wanted to become a Marine. I, I did that. I wanted to run a seven minute mile. I did that. I wanted to win races. I did that. Like, but I think that I have a legit fear of succeeding on like a grand scale. I'll give you an example. And this is why I wanted to talk about this. I got it. I got an email from a booking agent, um, not too long ago. And basically a CEO of a pretty prominent company is interested in, in, in being interviewed um, on the podcast. And I'm like, why? Like, for first of all, how you find my shit? <laughs> how you find my shit? Like, part of me wants to stay small. That's why I don't even, like, do a lot of promo or, I mean, I, I do a little bit of here and there, but not, not to the level where I know I could. And it's almost, a, it's a form of self-sabotage. It, it actually is. Uh, I'm going to be completely transparent. And I think, I'm afraid of the podcast and not just the podcast, but some other things as well, becoming so successful that it causes life to change. And that frightens the shit out of me. It really does. Um, And again, this is not uncommon. One of my favorite quotes in life is, um, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. The quote goes on to basically say that, you know, um, you know, who the hell do I think I am? Am I this brilliant? Am I this sickening? Am I this this talented? Am I am I everything that I really think I could that that I am? Oh my and oh my God, what if I am? It's it's crazy, <laughs> like, but it's true. I, I feel like a lot, a lot of people actually suffer from um, stress, uh, success anxiety or success phobia. It's actually a pretty common thing. So I wanted to go over some strategies that I plan to impl- implement myself. And I would admonish all of you who might suffer from um, success phobia or success anxiety to implement these strategies as well. I pulled these from um, a website, uh, nickwignall.com. Nick is a clinical psychologist, a writer, teacher, and fellow podcaster. And he actually wrote about um, uh, uh, success anxiety. And he gave four strategies um, to, what four rules, he gave a strategy with four rules on how to combat success anxiety. Okay. The first one would be to validate your fear of success and understanding its origin, which is basically what I'm attempting to do right now. Like where the fuck does this come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, where does it come from? Cause it must go back to where, to whence it came. All right. Um, Track your avoidance strategies related to the fear of success. I know that I don't put as much into this podcast as I should. Okay. In terms of capital, in terms of marketing dollars, in terms of, you know, um, 
just promoting the time also. I need, I probably need to get a little bit more organized and put a little bit more energy, get more focused and put more energy into it. And I feel like I have a good product, but I'm also scared for my product to be shared too, a little bit. I'm not even gonna lie. And that's just me being completely honest and vulnerable. And, and when I run into people, um, that I know, and they tell me that they listen to the podcast. I'm always wondering in the back of my mind, like, are you judging me a little bit? Like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing that happens in my head. Um, and I think maybe I'm afraid that people will see me, um, being as vulnerable as I am on here. And perhaps the, the, the scale of it, the small scale is like a security blanket for me. But if the, but if the numbers begin to grow as I know they can, um, then the security blanket will be ripped off and I'll be just, you know, naked and alone or well, naked in the, in the world. <laughs> so I don't know. That could be, that could be it. That really could be it. Anyways. Um, number three, face your fears of success which is, I'm attempting to do that right now. <clears throat> Got a little something in my throat. <laughs> so, um, uh, number four, and this might be the important, the most important action item on this, in this strategy, uh, get professional help from a cognitive behavioral therapist. So, you know, with any source of uh, type of anxiety, you don't have to face it alone. This is, you're, you're not the only person who has felt the way that you feel. I'm not the only person who has felt the way that I feel, surely. So I will definitely be speaking to a therapist about this because I definitely know that uh, I tend to, I go harder for other people than I do for myself. And that's fucking sad. So, and, and, and there's something to be said about that. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it's just a fear of success. I feel like there's a fear of failure too. Um, there's a healthy fear of failure too. So um, that's just something I'm going to have to square with, you know? So yeah. All right. <laughs> that was that. And that's it for the value added conversation. I hope you guys got something out of that. So just to recap the four um, action items on addressing Success phobia are validate your fear of success by understanding its origin, track your avoidance strategies related to the fear of success, face your fears of of success, and get professional help from a behavioral cognitive therapist. All right, and we'll be right back with the You've Got Mail segment. Remember to submit your questions to anythingabouteverythingpod at gmail.com. That's anythingabouteverythingpod all one word at gmail.com. And now let's get back to the show. Hey, all right, we're back <laughs> with the You've Got Mail segment. All right, we got one letter this week from a listener. Uh, y'all stay trying to turn this into a sex podcast. And you know what? I live. Like secretly, I do. So anyway, <laughs> so our letter reads, hey, anything about everything? Let me start by saying I'm a fan of your podcast. Child, you don't shut up. Um, it says, uh, you have a, you have such a diverse show. I feel like I'm going around the world in an hour. You are just too sweet. Oh my God. Please keep it up. You're making an impact. Oh, thank you, boo. 
It says, okay, now for my questions. My wife and I are trying to see if we can bring a few BDSM elements into the bedroom. We have performed kinky acts on each other, uh, or we have performed acts on each other that could be considered kinky, i.e. choking, light bondage, foot worship, spit play, etc. Okay, y'all with the shits. Um, now we are looking to implement a little more structure into our play in the bedroom um, in the form of a bedroom power structure, okay? Like, like a power dynamic, okay? Um, my wife has really been expressing her more dominant side sexually, and I would really love to explore that side of her and with her. Do you have any suggestions on in implementing effective strategies on developing a bedroom only power structure? Uh, thanks for writing. Let's give you a pseudonym. Um, Powerpuff Girls. All right. All right, Powerpuff Girls. Well, it all starts with communication. And might I add that I applaud you guys for even taking the time to um, explore, you know, giving each other the space to explore each other in this way. Okay. And admitting that you like um, things on the naughtier side of sex or the kinkier, not even naughty, because that, that implies a negative connotation, but on the kinkier side of sex, that's awesome that you guys can admit that with each other. And I think that the first step and um, would be communication. Uh, it, it all starts with communication. And let me tell you something, just like with like the poly lifestyle, just like with any alternative lifestyle, the communication has to be next level. It can't be basic. It can't be surface. It can't be, um, you know, <laughs> the run of the regular run of the mill, uh, conversation that you might have. So I would start by digging deeper into, um, you know, the psyche, I guess you could say, um, you said your wife has been expressing her, her more dominant side sexually. Explore that. Ask her, you know, how she feels when she is um, expressing herself in that way. Um, ask her what her thoughts are. Ask her what her intention is also. Um, let her know that she is, that it's a safe space for her to explore that side of her. Because let's, let's be clear just like submissives are vulnerable, dominants are vulnerable too. And I think we have to be careful and care for that, care for them in that space. So I would start there. Um, <clears throat> so I pulled a little list off of, um, off of the internet and it's just like six basic rules. Okay. Just to remember when, when starting uh, a BDSM, or anyone who's new to BDSM or just, you know, beginning a dynamic of any sort. So the first rule, number one, is to take it slow, okay? Now, I know, like, whenever you get into um, any sort of power dynamic, you just, like, you're so excited just to be there that you found someone that likes the same things as you and wants to play with you and all those sorts of things. You just want everything all of, you just, like, do everything. <laughs> Let's do everything now, you know what I'm saying? Like, right now. But that's not always the 
that's not always a good thing. And it's not always the uh, most sustainable thing. And I think that's where the dominant has to step up and be like, uh, let's, okay, let's slow it down, hun. <laughs> so, um, you know, take it slow. Remember that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Okay. Consent. Consent is key. And, and mind you, nothing physical has happened on these two. Okay. Um, in fact, nothing physical happens, <laughs> right. In, in these, in these rules, these are just guidelines before anything happens, right? Consent. Make sure that everything that you are, that you, that you're engaging in is wanted by both parties. Keep asking for consent. Okay. It, like, because it's totally possible for you to discuss an element that you want to bring into the bedroom. And then once you get there, you're like, I don't really like this. You know what I mean? But you, but they might not say it. That's why I say, keep asking about consent. Keep asking about it. Okay. So it's totally okay to be able to do that. All right. Number three, communication. And really, I feel like this should have been number one. But communication, you have to talk about everything. If you want to engage in something that's out of the norm, it should be discussed. It, sh it just should be. The reason why is because you don't want, you want to make sure that you're not unlocking, unlocking any trauma. You want to make sure that everything that you um, engage in is consensual. And really, the best way to, to ensure that everything is consensual is to straight up ask, hey, listen, do you like this? Like straight up, like I ain't got time for no games. Like, do you like this? And if you don't, then cool, let me know. And we could, we, everything could, it will cease. But, you know, you have to open your mouth and actually say like, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> okay. Um, so that was number three. Number four, uh, practice, practice, practice. So some of these things that you might do, such as like spanking or paddling or anything dealing with like, you know, water play or, or bondage, like the uh, more advanced levels of bondage, it takes practice. Okay. And practice that might not involve sex. Okay. Practice with your clothes on practice, um, you know, um, really warming up that the area, let's say if you, if you're going to spank spank somebody, you might want to warm up the area first by rubbing it a little bit, uh, you know, um, make sure that they're ready to receive, um, you know, that, um, that sensation from you. Okay. So, but you only know that with practice, practice, practice. All right. Learning your partner in a more intimate way. That's the, that's the beautiful thing about, uh, BDSM, I feel like is that you, it gives you a chance to really learn your partner um, in a deeper way. Okay. Aftercare. Aftercare is incredibly important. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough at vanilla people in vanilla spaces. Y'all don't talk about it at all. And it's really criminal, but, um, you know, y'all will just choke the shit out of somebody, slap somebody, spank somebody, and then go on about your day as if nothing happened. And it's like, no, let's, let's talk. <laughs> let's make sure that everybody is okay. Let's make sure that it wasn't too much. Let's make sure that it was enjoyed. Let's, you know, care for the person, let them know that they're, you know, still respected and adored and, and, uh, you know, all those things. It's, it's important to make sure that 
the person that you have just um, basically taken out of this world is doing okay. And and you, like I heard somebody when I was, um, I think I was listening to uh, a chat room uh, a couple of weeks ago. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is where I heard this, where um, one of the doms in the room said, you know, if I'm going to, you know, take you up, you know, to, to higher heights, I got to be, be able to safely bring you back, back down. It's almost like an airplane, right? If I'm going to take you to up to 15,000 feet, I, I'm not just going to push you out without a fucking parachute. I got to some, somehow, some way, me as the leader, as the person who is dominating you, I got to be able to bring you back down, you know, and make sure that you land safely and that you're okay. So aftercare is absolutely crucial. It's absolutely key. And aftercare is different for everybody. Some people just want to talk about, you know, what just happened. Um, some people want cuddles. Some people want fucking a, a teddy bear and a juice box, bitch. You, you just got to figure out what that person actually wants, you know? Um, so you got to make sure I, I would definitely discuss that beforehand. Okay. Discuss after aftercare beforehand. And I don't know who plans on being the, you said your wife is the more dominant one. I don't know if you guys uh, plan on switching back and forth, but if you do, you might want to discuss beforehand, like, okay, who is going to provide after aftercare to whom? And, you know, is it dependent upon who's topping who or, you know, vice versa, whatever, you know what I mean? So, Make sure that that is discussed prior to engaging in some of these, um, you know, uh, more power dynamic um, led activities. Okay. And of course, the final one, my favorite, real life does not equal porn. Okay. So (laughs) let's talk about it. A lot of people have a tendency to watch porn and think that's going to happen or that's how that looks or that's how that should feel. First of all, porn, uh, and I'm not talking about, um, uh, what's it call it? Um, amateur porn. I'm talking about, you know, the, <laughs> I'm talking about the, 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 the director's couch porn or, you know, the house porn or whatever, you know, um, Listen, uh, porn is not, and, and, and I'm not shitting on porn, I'm not shitting on porn, but what I will say is this, is a lot of people have a lot of unrealistic expectations as it pertains to sex because of porn, okay? Now, that's a fair assessment. Um, you got women who are who are literally squirting across the room, whether it's squirt or it's pee, it's, it, um, you know, that's, a, that's a, another topic for another day. Some women are capable of doing that, of squirting across the room. And some women are like, yo, that's going to be straight up piss. So, um, the same with, uh, you know, men basically forcing 14 inches of, of penis into, um, this little tiny person. (laughs) Okay. Um, she might've, she might be used to that. All right. But the average woman who has not had, a lot of, of sex is going to require a lot more warming up to be able to comfortably accommodate somebody like that physically. Okay. Um, 
And that's not disgusting important. They're not like, oh my God, like my dick is so big. So <laughs> I'm going to need to perform a whole bunch of, of foreplay to be able to warm you up. So your cervix is not, you know, literally up <laughs> like ump against your fucking, uh, vulva. Okay. Like, because when, it, when, a, when a woman becomes aroused, her cervix actually moves back. However, so that's another top, like I said, another top for another day, but porn does absolutely lead to some, um, unrealistic expectations. Don't look at porn. Don't look at this, you know, uh, BDSM porn and think I'm going to be able to do that fresh out the gate. No, you got to take classes. Like there's a real education that happens in BDSM. That's another thing. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, you, you got to do the research. You got to look up, you got to look up things. You got to, you know, wa- go, go to some seminars. You might even want to hire a fetish trainer to, um, it, interact with you too and, uh, help you figure out what it is that you're looking for within your power dynamic. That's a thing too. Um, so with that being said, the the possibilities are endless, but the communication has to be there. The desire to do right by each other in, in the space has to be there. Um, consent has to be there. Aftercare has to be there. And of course, realistic expectations of what you will be able to do in that space has to be there. And if all of those elements are there, you have the recipe for a great fucking time. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So thank you, Powerpuff Girls, for writing in. Please do send us an update. And I cannot wait to uh, hear about the evolution of your, um, you know, your, your sex life within your marriage. Also, you didn't um, give us your pronouns, which is fine. Um, I was just curious if this is a... Uh, girl, a uh, woman on woman situation, or if this is a heterosexual couple, or if it's a non binary couple, bisexual couple, I'm just curious. So, um, I hope you write back and let us know how everything goes. And uh, we'll be right back with the Wine About It segment. Welcome back to the Wine About It segment. Okay, so it's gonna be really quick. Um, I was triggered this week. <laughs> Which is ironic, given the fact that I literally spoke about being triggered. I don't know. It was like two weeks ago, right? Um, well, we had a, a visit for some, from some corporate bigwigs this past week, which was fine. You know, I mean, hey, listen, I know how to play the game. I've um, stood in front of uh, many a, a general and colonel and major and everything else, right? So, mind you, none of these, well, they were for, some former military, but not, not active, right? So, uh, one of the district um, representatives introduced me to a regional representative, and, you know, he was an older uh, African-American gentleman, and I, I mean, he wasn't that much older. I feel like we were maybe, maybe he might've been maybe 10 years older than me, maybe 15 tops. Like, I mean, uh, you never know because, you know, African-Americans, you know, the melanin is popping, <laughs> but, um, I just felt a little disrespected because he, he called me young lady and I felt just 
patronized. I I I I felt a little like I don't know. I don't know if I felt belittled in the moment or like I don't know if he meant it that way, but I just did not uh appreciate it. And at first, um one of the other uh women who who was actually in the room um, she thought he was talking to her and he made it very clear that he was not. And I was like, is this fucking happening right now? Like, I, I, I mean, oh my God, it was the oddest, it was the oddest thing. And they start asking me about questions that were clearly out of my job description. Um, however, you know, I answered them, you know, I was poised and, um, prepared, However, I was kind of taken aback and I don't know. I just, that was my first instance of not feeling like my best self there. Mind you, you know, when I go to work, I dress, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not one of the girls that's going to show up in a pair of Crocs. I'm dressed, you know, like I'm going to work. I'm really dressing for the next job. Okay. Um, that's how I see it. Um, because my time in my current position will be, it's, it's, it has an expiration date to say the least, because at the very least, my husband and I will relocate at some point within the next year and a half, two years. So with that being said, I'm on borrowed time. And, and to be honest with you, it could happen sooner than that. So I'm on borrowed time here. So for me, I'm like, I'm trying to look my best. I'm trying to do my, my best. I'm trying to, you know, provide the best, the best product. So that way, when it comes time for me to get in about uh, a recommendation, they will say, Hey, listen, if you don't go with her, then you're making a big mistake. That is my goal. Um, so <laughs> I feel like I, I, I don't know why he called me that. I don't know. You know, it was just, it was just an odd exchange, but uh, you know, c'est la vie, I suppose, such is life. But yeah, I say all that to say, don't fucking call me young lady unless you know me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Like, don't call me young lady unless you know me in that way. Okay. If you're not dicking me down, don't call me young lady, nigga. All right. So <laughs> oh, that's how I feel about it. Like, it was just. Oh God. I'm like, you're not my dad, bro. Like get out of here. So you're not my dad. You're not my daddy. Got it. <laughs> so anyways, I don't know. I, I, and I've heard other people take offense to, you know, young lady or hun, like hun, what are we like? Don't, don't hunt me, son. Like don't, don't hunt me. I like, we, you don't know me like that. So don't, it, it, it just felt like super familiar. And I'm like, we're not familiar in that way. You know what I'm saying? So please, my name is Jet. <laughs> so I was like, my, oh, well, you know, my name is Jet. And you know, yeah, yeah, no, this is the answer to your question, which was my response. So anywho, with that being said, we're just going to go ahead and wrap up the show because you know, Niggas be out here calling women young ladies, and this is just it's just a, a mess. He, he probably listened to Kevin Samuels. Who knows? So, anyways, <laughs> let's wrap up the show. All right, we made it. We made it, and not too much over the hour mark. Not too much. <laughs> 
This one's for you. Yes. This is Boss featuring J. Cole. It's my shit. Oh, Josh. Jo Boss and J. Cole. I think I made it. Did you? <laughs> I think I made it. Thank you again for rocking with me. Once more. This video was hilarious. Boss was running around. He and he was just so damn happy. Black boy joy. Hey. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming back. Rocking with us for one more week. We appreciate you. We love you. This month is uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. Join us next week. We're actually going to be dropping a bonus episode. Specifically, let me turn this down because this is important. Um, we're actually going to be dropping a bonus episode featuring my boy Case, um, who is an attorney and also someone who um, is managing uh, bipolar depression. So we will be um, dropping a bonus episode specifically dedicated to Mental Health Awareness Month, okay? So join us again. Be sure to share that podcast because I feel like it is incredibly important, especially for people of color. We need to get up in a therapist's office, y'all. Like, we are sitting here, we be walking around with mad trauma. We be walking around with the weight of the world on our, not even just our shoulders, but straight up on our heads. You know, police brutality, uh, wealth disparities, disparities in healthcare, disparities in the job market. We just be sitting here walking around with shit and then wondering why we're so fucking angry. Like, not all of us are angry, but a lot of us are. Okay. All right. Being gaslit every day. You know what I mean? Motherfuckers on Facebook tell you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. We got we got to get in that therapist's office. Hey. Y'all know the questions. It's all about adding value. Y'all know the questions. If it doesn't add value, then why the fuck we doing it? And if you're not adding value to somebody else's life, then why are you there? It's all about the questions. Join us again next week. Twice next week. Tell a friend. Tell a friend, we we hey, we coming, we coming, we coming, we coming. I really appreciate each and every one of y'all that tunes in each week. You have no idea how much you mean to me. I love you. Peace.